It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to our Monday edition of the Leach Report. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington, and we have to move into off-season mode sooner than expected. We would be talking about brackets today and analyzing what it looked like, what the path would look like for Kentucky. Uh, but at some point, the season would have come to an end, and like we've done every year uh, on on this show, we would move into that off-season mode because it's not a sports show. It's like KSR, but in a, in a different way in that we um, um, don't – we're a show focused on the Wildcats. So uh, we'll do things that we normally do, um, maybe – uh, focus a little more in depth on some some past seasons and games. Uh, you can look ahead to the coming season. There's some some hope there to to buy into with uh, getting the games back in action on the fields, on the courts, uh, somewhere later this summer, hopefully. Um, so we'll we'll do all of that today. Get started on it with Mark Story from the Lexington Herald Leader. And Kyle Tucker from The Athletic, who joins us on Mondays. It's uh, an unusual time if you're a, a sports fan. Uh, our producer, Shannon, wanted to bring him in to see what you did this weekend as far as being a sports fan. Well, I realized quickly how much my life revolves around sports with nothing to watch. It was really just a weird weekend for me. But I guess thank God for Netflix and the WWE <laughs> Network. I watched a lot of old school wrestling over the weekend. Um, I watched CBS was playing. I don't know if you watched any of that. They were playing. I think it was the Big Ten uh, past yes, tournament. I, so I watched. I, saw, I watched a little bit of the 2015, 2016, all the way up to last year's Big Ten tournament championship games. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I did. I, I did go out on Saturday night. I got crazy and went to a restaurant. Uh, you know, by Saturday night, I was ready just to get out of the house, just to do anything. And uh, did that. Came back, and that was about it. That was about my weekend. Just just hanging out, watching. Um, old sporting events, little Netflix, well, little wrestling, a little bit of everything. You're a wrestling fan. Yeah. I'm a uh, thoroughbred racing fan, yeah. and that is the one live sport that is still going on for the time being. Um, so they ran races over the weekend. So uh, as long as that continues, I'm going to make that kind of a, a Saturday thing of having a, you know, there's usually some, some, some of the biggest races of the week are on Saturdays, so I'll make that a, a thing on Saturday to to watch some uh, racing for as long as that uh, continues. Um, and then yesterday, uh, ESPN did a series last year called Basketball, a Love Story, and I uh, they reran a lot of these that I found out about midway through the day on Saturday, so I just taped them all. And they're two-hour pieces that are great retrospectives on the sport of basketball and uh, particularly, I love college basketball. There's a lot of college basketball in it, and it uh, is just uh, it was in the '60s and '70s. The the shows I was watching yesterday when I grew up, and so just reliving a lot of that was was fun. Um, you'll watch old games. Um, I know 
a couple of things. The CDC is recommending no gatherings of fifth, more than 50 people for eight weeks. So uh, we'll get the announcement some point this week that they're going to postpone the Derby, I'm sure. Um, I'm hopeful that maybe by June we'll get back to some level of, of, uh, of games, even if it's without fans, uh, that we'll have uh, some games. But I see this morning that um, The Athletic is reporting that ESPN is going to cancel all of uh, what it says are its DC-based shows. That's uh, pardon the interruption and a lot of those types of shows. And they're going to uh, the early morning sports center is going to be shut down. And they've got a lot of people that work together on those kinds of shows uh, in close proximity. So uh, I can uh, understand that, but it's just uh, more and more. Things are uh, leaving the sports landscape. We'll still be here, and you know we can um, talk about things looking forward. Talk, you know, relive some some uh, past uh, moments. Talk about those kinds of things. Uh, kudos to Carl Anthony Towns. He donated a hundred thousand dollars to the Mayo Clinic in Minneapolis, which is uh, trying to make some work, uh, trying to make some progress on. Um, Things like test, better testing, and a vaccine. Help your local businesses where you can. Um, you know, order takeout um, and uh, get or have it delivered. Uh, by the way, Cal's last radio show of the season is coming up tonight. Uh, and hope a lot of you got to see the Legend to Legend special with Cal interviewing Joe B. Hall. If you didn't, uh, you can find it uh, out there on the Internet, and uh, it's definitely worth your time. Tremendous work by uh, Steve Moss and uh, the crew at the U.K. Sports Network and WKYT of putting that together. Uh, We're going to head to a break. We'll come back. Mark Story will join us. It's the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter, at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Young teacher. Shannon's spinning some of the tunes off uh, Rita Wilson's Quarantunes playlist. Uh, she's the wife of Tom Hanks. Kind of a, a fun idea uh, came, coming up with this playlist of songs related to uh, being stuck inside. Don't stand so close to me by the police. They're certainly appropriate as we welcome in Mark Story on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. So how did you get through the first non-sports weekend, Mark? Well, I'm not going to say it went badly, but I did find myself streaming the New Mexico uh, Basketball State Championship game and the, the British Basketball League. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I did a little bit of that, and I watched a whole lot of movies on uh, various streaming services. Yeah, I think those will be very popular uh, now. Uh, I had a, a listener, speaking of movies, uh, Robbie, says, I have a great idea. It says uh, should, that Mike and I should call Kentucky games like in the movie Possums. Uh, are you familiar with that movie? I have not seen that one. That's an old one. Uh, starred Mac Davis. I happened, happened to stumble across it watching an episode of Siskel and Ebert many years ago and heard what the concept was about and ordered the movie. And it is a fun, fun movie. It's about a, a high school football team in a small town that, uh, is doing so poorly. They're thinking about shutting down the program. And, uh, Mac Davis works at the local radio station and he starts doing these broad, you know, completely uh, fake broadcast, but the team wins every week in dramatic fashion and gets on a roll, and the whole town buys into it. So, uh, 
maybe he's got an idea there. I, I know there are some plans underway to rebroadcast some games, I think, of uh, uh, classic Kentucky games. Uh, we used to do that years ago in the U.K. network with the Great Game Series. So things like that will be fun. Um, you had a, a column last week in the Herald-Leader at KentuckySports.com about the unanswered questions on this Kentucky basketball uh, season that uh, we'll never get to know, but one of them that uh, know, know the answer to, but one of them that you started with, which uh, was uh, one that uh, would be foremost uh, on my mind in looking at what might have been, was how Keon Brooks, Johnny Juzang, and, and Nate Sestina all played in that final game against Florida, and particularly the two freshmen, Brooks and Juzang, because as I was talking with a guest last week, in a different time, you know, years ago, that's how freshmen developed, and they might make an, uh, a big, big move late in a season after gradually coming along. That's correct, and you know, the the, the two thousand nineteen twenty basketball season will always be an unfinished story. So you know, we'll never we'll never know, but you, it, it's fun to project onto what might have happened. And you know, the question that came out of that Florida game was that a team that it's <clears throat> sort of found itself, and, you know, not that Kentucky hadn't been a good team all year, because mostly it had, but, you know, it had been a team very reliant on its four main players, and it was sort of a case of, are the other guys going to, you know, come along in such a way to allow them to do something in March, and it's possible that that is what had happened there in Gainesville, and, you know, the question we'll never know is whether that was kind of a one-off, just, you know, an unusual circumstance, or whether that was really the those guys taking the proverbial next step and taking Kentucky as a team to that next level. Brooks in particular is a guy that the, the way that he played in that game, uh, you can get excited as a Kentucky fan about how uh, his second year might look. Uh, a guy that could stretch the, the court as a three-point shooter. He made a couple there against Florida. I know his percentage was low for the year, but uh, – you know, it wasn't like there was anything wrong with his shooting form, and uh, he made a couple of those. But he also made some some nice uh, moves around the bucket and got to the point where they ran the the last play for him. Yeah, they did. It was really interesting that the UK brain trust in that situation in that game trusted him. You know, there at the end of the game, and and yeah, I thought he made. You know, I thought the the plays he made sort of off the bounce going toward the basket were really encouraging. And I liked him all year just because, you know, independent of his offense, his energy and, you know, his rebounding and the fact that he can guard multiple positions, I think he was a valuable player. But I think if he, you know, can obviously, if he can play like he played at Florida consistently, you know, he's going to be a really, really valuable player. Talk with Mark Story from the Lexington Herald-Leader, KentuckySports.com. On Twitter, it's at Mark C. Story. We'll take a break. Come right back. It's the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And try to help out uh, local businesses where you where you can. Maybe order takeout now. If you're not uh, going out, order your uh, food and uh, pick it up or have it delivered. There are a lot of services that do that and uh, help out uh, all the local businesses in uh, ways that you can during this very difficult time. We'll be right back with Mark Story on the Leach Report. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com.
Talking with Mark Story on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You can read his work at KentuckySports.com and the Lexington Herald-Leader. Uh, one of the things that you were tweeting about last week was the announcement of the latest class of inductees into the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame, which is in E-Town, right? That is correct. Uh, who were the names that uh, stood out to you maybe off there that uh, – you know, maybe somebody you'd forgotten about or that were, you know, most deserving of this recognition? Well, I thought it was an interesting class, and I've enjoyed this the High School Basketball Hall of Fame because it's relatively new. So when you're starting a new Hall of Fame, the classes are incredibly strong, and I think this is a, a good class. You know, it, it, I was a little surprised that Ellis Johnson, the legendary uh, figure from Ashland's 1928 um, undefeated not only state championship team but national championship team who went on to be i think a four sport star at uk i was a little surprised he wasn't already in but he's one of the names and to be a little more current you know todd tackett who played at paintsville you know bill mike runyon the paintsville coach it was a class really strong from the 1970s rudy macklin the former shawnee star who went on to you know be such a great player at lsu wesley cox who was on males I think, 71 state championship team and was also, I think, 1973 Mr. Basketball and was a star at UofL. You know, Ronnie Lyons, who you know, was a great player at Mason County, a high-scoring little guard who went on to, to play at UK during the uh, transition from um, Adolph Rupp to Joe B. Hall. Uh, Kim Dinkins, who led Nicholas County to the Girls' Sweet 16 championship and was one of the best post players we've ever had in Kentucky and also a very good player at UK. And those are just some of the names. Yeah, Ronnie Lyons uh, at Mason County, uh, that was in the 10th region where I grew up in, in Paris, went to Bourbon County, and Ronnie Lyons came and played at Bourbon County in his senior year. I want to say he went for 50. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, you know, your, your, your memory uh, gets a little foggy uh, when you go way, way back. You can't swear to things but it sure seems like i remember him coming across midcourt kind of sliding off to his left launching a shot as he fell into the first row of the seats and it went in just as he jumped up i mean it was uh, just an incredible shooting display and he went on to play at the university of kentucky yeah i remember watching wesley cox play when uh at this when i was a kid the sweet 16 games on uh would be shown on Saturday morning, the two semifinal games, and the championship game on Saturday night would be shown on television. Um, there was two guys that always did the games. Harden McLean was the analyst, and I, I can't remember the the play-by-play guy's name, but uh, Joe McKnight or Joe something like that. Anyway, watching those games back then, you you may remember watching those too. Absolutely, and Harden McLean, myself being a Harden County native, he was the uh, coach at E-Town Catholic and um, then did a lot of TV work in Louisville. But, yeah, you know, Wesley Cox was in, uh, I think, the first state tournament I ever saw in person was 71, and he was one of the stars in that tournament. Uh, Clarence Glover, who went on to star at uh, Western Kentucky, was on that list. And uh, Bob Tripshire from here in uh, Lexington, a uh, great uh, coach at Henry Clay and uh, Lexington Catholic of uh, girls' uh, basketball teams and got to know Coach Tripshire when uh, his grandson and my son were playing middle school football. We would hang out together watching practices and uh, happy for him to uh, get that honor. Another thing that was fun to see over the weekend 
on Twitter uh, was Keaton Belcher, the coach at uh, Pendleton County, where Dante Allen played. He tweeted out uh, some shots of the 1954 Sweet 16 program. It was funny to see the uh, the, the broadcast team for the state tournament in 1954 on WLAP, our flagship station of our network here in Lexington. It was J.B. Faulkner, one-time voice of uh, the Wildcats, uh, along with many others at the time when multiple entities were originating broadcasts. It was J.B. Faulkner and Adolph Rupp on the call at the Sweet 16. I actually saw that, and, uh, you know, it's funny. I've read, just going back through old microfilm, that Coach Rupp was a staple at the Sweet 16 as a young coach, and probably back then, you know, he did a lot of recruiting there, but he went to every game, and at least I I was reading one way back, and when, you know, very early on in Kentucky, they had a girls' tournament, and he, he, Coach Rupp was at it, too, which, uh, according to the news coverage at the time. So there you go. Uh, what, what did you, speaking of coaches, what was your take on uh, Rick Patino getting back into college basketball at Iona? Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, I thought the most interesting thing about it was, was that the president there that hired him, you know, used to be at Transylvania, you know, same, same as Kerry. I thought that was an interesting connection. You know, I have mixed emotions about it. I mean, there's part of me that, you know, I think college basketball is probably more interesting when Rick Pitino is a part of it. On the other hand, if you look at, you know, the repeated scandals they had at the end at Louisville, and people always, you know, talk about, you know, why college sports never gets cleaned up. Well, nobody's ever held accountable for what goes on in their programs. So I guess my feelings are mixed. It was probably going to take uh, a school that had a, a connection here where you mentioned the former president of Trancy, where there was a, um, you know, more of a personal connection uh, to um, uh, give a president the, uh, the I don't know, confidence is the right word to, to take that step. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I thought, he, you know, there was some linkage of him with Grand Canyon. And I thought that might happen because Louisville had played at Grand Canyon and for whatever reason, Grand Canyon has an incredible home environment at its yeah. basketball games. The students are really into it, and that seemed to have made a big impression on Rick. So I kind of thought that might happen, and I thought Grand Canyon, which is kind of a non-traditional school, you know, might be at the school willing to sort of take the risk on Rick. But Iona, you know, being in the New York area, it, it makes a lot of sense, and it is a school that has had success both, you know, way back in the 70s with Jim Valvano and, and under Tim Clewis, the most recent coach, who did a really good job there. And Iona frequently had gone to the NCAA tournament. So I think if the NCAA doesn't, you know, if there's nothing that comes out of the, you know, the, the what we think will be a pending NCAA investigation or finding about, you know, the end of his tenure at Louisville with the stuff that came out in the FBI investigation, if there's nothing that you know, hammers him in that regard, Think you will do well at Iona. Mark Story, thank you much. Got to get to the bottom of the hour. Thank you. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. From the Quarantunes playlist, uh, Eric Carmen, All By Myself, an appropriate one for right now. Uh, news just coming this hour from Governor Bashir at a news conference 
Kentucky has uh, suffered its first fatality from uh, the coronavirus, a 66-year-old Bourbon County man who the uh, story, uh, I'm reading this off the WYMT website, uh, the gentleman had other health problems that contributed to the death. The number of infected uh, individuals uh, still stands at 21. Uh, The governor is uh, ordering all restaurants and bars closed to in-person traffic. Uh, Takeout and delivery is still okay. Um, so, uh, times are, are getting even tougher now. And, uh, certainly we encourage everybody to just come together as best you can to, uh, get through this. Kyle Tucker joins us now from the athletic.com on the Kentucky hempworks.com hotline. Uh, what was your, uh, first weekend without uh, sporting events to cover like Kyle? Uh, a lot of, a lot of children <laughs> yeah you had two young ones uh, so that keeps you busy yeah yeah a couple of crazy twins sequestered here in the house with us uh we're on uh i think day four of of uh just us and the kids trying to juggle it but uh it's good good time to reacquaint with uh, with your family right time to time to sit around the table together and try to try to pass the time in some creative ways but yeah. not not how I want to spend my March uh, weekends all the time, uh, because the the tournament is something obviously dear to all of us, and it's it is a weird uh, it is a weird sensation. I tell you that yesterday was really strange when when the bracket's supposed to be getting announced and uh, and nothing's happening. Yeah, we'd be top breaking down all the matchups today and looking at Kentucky's path to potentially get to a, a Final Four and a national championship. Uh, I did see a tweet. From various places uh, that was out there, uh, first weekend without uh, sports, found this nice lady sitting on the couch. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's been a lot of funny uh, tweets like that about uh, like finding out basic information about their wife for the first time in years. Um, did, but yeah, it's, did, we're we're all gonna. We're all going to uh, get reacquainted with each other, that's for sure. Um, families, for sure, over these next several weeks. seems like we're barreling towards almost a total shutdown of everything. So I, uh, I made one last, for a while, venture out to uh, Costco over the weekend, and that was uh, uh, fairly terrifying. Just <laughs> It was apocalyptic as people were gathering up things. They told me it was their biggest sales weekend in their history which I guess I don't have any trouble believing, but uh, I guess it's time to hunker down. Watch reruns, YouTube. Did you see the Legend to Legend special that our friend Steve Moss put together? Yeah, I saw part of it and uh, and thought that was great. Uh, I am uh, I have long been impressed by the way Cal brought Joe B sort of back into the family um, in a big way and, and has really made him feel a part of it. Um, I know it has meant a lot to Joe B., and uh, I thought it was cool uh, of KYT and, and everyone involved to honor him in that way, to kind of put him in the spotlight with his own own uh, hour-long show. That was uh, that was cool. Um, and uh, I'm, I know it means a lot to Cal. I mean, he, he I think he genuinely has a friendship with, with Joe B. I know that practice doors are always open to Joe B. anytime he wants to be there. And uh, that's a cool relationship. And, and you know, Joe B's getting – getting up there in years and i think every every chance people get to sort of celebrate him and 
appreciate him is uh, is a valuable one. Amen. Uh, one of the things they talked about was uh, schedules, and uh, Joe or Joe talked about the schedule that that he played and was gigging Cal a little bit. Uh, and, and Cal said, "Are you saying I don't play a tough schedule?" And Joe said, "Well, just get out the fact book." So <laughs> get out the fact book was great. I did. I did that actually. Here was Joe B. This is Joe's first year. He is following Adolph Rupp, legendary coach. Uh, he and you know. Coach Rupp didn't want to leave, so it was a you know a difficult time to be the successor. So Joe comes in, and this is his non-conference schedule in uh, December of 1972 at Michigan State to open up, then Iowa, Indiana at uh, the Coliseum, at North Carolina, Nebraska and Oregon in the UKIT, and then Kansas and Notre Dame, the latter being at Freedom Hall. And they started off one and three, and ended up winning the SEC title. How would you like to have uh, – what What coach would take that schedule on these days? Yeah, I think he's got bragging rights over Cal on the tough schedule. Uh, get out the fact book is just so perfect because, yeah, you could, you could like, try to spin and, and do all that. Just get out the fact book, Cal. That's, uh, and Cal Perry is not alone in, uh, in being a guy who would absolutely turn down uh, that, that – run right there that's that's amazing and you know there's something to be said i kind of wish that they would just go back to that uh you know win lose or draw that that, that makes all your all your home games a big deal so it would certainly be i think cool for the fans they'd have to be you know a little more accepting of losing uh, and the one thing that's different there was no seeding of the tournament then uh it was all about winning your conference so you prepared yourself for the conference because you had to win your league that was the only way to get in and there was no seeding and you know you you couldn't you know if you lost uh, a game early if you lost to evansville or or utah or somebody you didn't get it you know it wasn't held against you on a selection sunday so that's different yeah i mean it's obviously a different very different time there's there's reasons that they could schedule that way obviously and not uh you know, not think twice about it, but it, it's but how much fun, fun would that be as a fan? We're, yeah, we're we're doing all this. That's that's the interesting thing too about sports shutting down is it's turned us all, all into these like um, using we're we're like children again. We're having to use our imaginations. You know, these fake, uh, you know, the, the fake brackets, the fake play the tournament out. Uh, yeah, I think some people have done video game tournaments or what ifs and all that stuff. Um, and uh, you, you say what if. You know, Kentucky played a schedule like that now. It's uh, it's kind of fun to think about. Talking with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. Uh, we'll be right back. It's the Leach Report. And we're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And we told you uh, the governor's uh, order to uh, restrict in-person uh, access to restaurants and bars, but you can still do takeout and delivery. So uh, give Wild Eggs a call or our other uh, great sponsors here on this show and, and just uh, friends at KSR and all the, the local uh, restaurants. Uh, help them as best you can with uh, takeout and delivery. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. 
Visiting with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline here on the Leach Report. We're talking about that Legend to Legend special with Cal interviewing Joe B. Hall that uh, aired over the weekend, and you can find it at UKAthletics.com, I think on the Kentucky Basketball Facebook page, and uh, watch it if you missed it uh, when it aired um, in real time. One of the other things that I thought was uh, an interesting comment out of there, Kyle, uh, Joe talked about you have to coach what you believe um, they, um, you know, we're talking about, for instance, uh, Joe wanted to practice as much as possible at, at Rupp Arena. Cal prefers uh, to be able to use the practice facility. Now, Joe didn't have the, the practice facility. He had to sometimes when uh, another team needed uh, practice time at the Coliseum, they might have to go do a basketball practice at uh, a local church or at uh, Transylvania. I know they practiced at times back then. but uh, So different circumstances, but still different philosophies and Call Joe talking about you have to coach what you believe, and listening to that made me think a little bit about Mark Stoops and Kentucky football. That initially he came in and was kind of trying to embrace the uh, the old air raid uh, stuff a little bit, and clearly that's not who he is. And um, he uh, certainly wants to throw the ball more than they did last year, but I think you've got to uh, coach the to what you believe and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, I, I think that's a. a really, really important point that Joe made, and, and I, I totally agree with you on Stoops, that he, he basically tried to he tried to give the people what they wanted, what they were accustomed to around here, but, the, you know, and I would give that advice to, you know, pitching it forward someday, whoever has to replace John Calipari, don't, uh, don't try to give people Cal 2.0, because <laughs> yeah. it won't work, you know, they, you can't. Um, you know, and, and maybe maybe if Kentucky was so bent on uh, air raid when they hired Mark Stoops, they would have uh, just gone and hired an air raid coach. But um, it, it took him what two years to see. I think like this isn't. I just don't feel comfortable doing this. And what did it change? Almost some some of it out of necessity. But when it changed, when that uh, switch flipped and it, he went to sort of run the football and play defense, uh, their fortunes changed. Indeed. Uh, Tom, one of our listeners, uh, emailed in, uh, said I was, he says, I'm thinking about which UK players might go to the draft and start wondering, would there be a draft? Uh, do you think they will postpone, uh, something like the draft? And, uh, would, uh, that affect players' decisions on leaving early? What do you think? Well, there'll, there'll obviously be a draft at some point because, uh, I mean, they'll have to be. <laughs> I don't think there's a. I don't think there's any other way they can uh, welcome in new players into the league without having a draft. But it may be pushed way back. I know some of the sort of alternate calendars that have been put out there. Now that we're at a recommendation of CDC recommendation of eight weeks without gatherings of uh, fifty plus, which obviously puts the derby in jeopardy. Um, you know, that's going to push. Either it may cancel. Uh, the NBA season, at which point I guess they could have their draft at any time if they decide to do that. Um, I don't know if they're going to have a draft. I guess I'm not sure if the guy's asking like a draft like we're used to seeing with the people coming up on stage and all that. Maybe not, uh, but they'll have the function of a draft at some point. Um, but I, I've seen some projections. They have like the draft in July or August, um, and I don't know. I, I it's. I think it's almost impossible to to guess on this stuff because we just don't know how long it's going to drag out. I think uh, Woj reported that NBA leaders are preparing for it to be like three months 
they're looking at if they can play in like practice facilities. Basically, have games in practice facilities with players only. Um, we don't know. You know, right now, coaches and all sports can't even go recruit. Um, we have no idea how the land. This is going to change the entire landscape of sports. You know, will football start on time in the fall? We don't know. Um, so I assume at some point before 2020 is over, <laughs> they'll they'll draft new players into the NBA. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to like imagine what it's going to look like. I really can't. I just it feels like it changes every day. Um, in terms of whether it'll the delay will change much, maybe. But I kind of like I think Hagen's, Maxie, and Richards are probably guys that want to strike while the iron's hot. And, you know, before the iron gets cold in some cases. Um, and beyond that, I think there's a good chance all the rest of those guys come back. Emmanuel quickly to me is, is kind of the coin flip. And uh, he might be a guy that there's a delay. He just goes, you know, I'm happy in school. <laughs> I'll, I'll finish my degree while all this sorts of stuff out. Uh, yeah, could, uh, there could be <laughs> excuse me, some decisions that uh, are changed as a result of this. I would certainly think it's, it's possible. Um, let me get your take on uh, Rick Pitino coming back to college basketball. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I mean, he's one of the best coaches ever. There's no, there's no question about that. I would certainly expect Iona to start winning. Um, I, you know, it's just part of the course in terms of, you know, I'm never coming back to college basketball and now he's back. And I, you know, I don't, I don't trust the word that comes out of his mouth. Um, but, uh, but, you know, would I trust him to take my team and make them better? Yeah. I mean, they, they'll get better. Um, I'm most curious, I guess, to see you know, what, what does the NCAA do? Is they hit him with some kind of, um, further sanction to keep him, you know, sidelined for a while. And I assume, I assume Iona went through all these, scenarios and has an understanding of how that'll go down before they made this hire, but um, he'll, he'll get our attention, I'm sure. Back to Kentucky basketball. Uh, you uh, had a tweet, uh, I guess a little clip of video of Nate Sestina playing kickball back home in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, his dad sent that to me last night. And they were grilling out and playing kickball in the backyard and they're sad, you know. That, that whole family is kind of crushed. That he didn't get to be part of an NCAA tournament run. Um, you know, I think he feels a little robbed, you know, of that opportunity, and rightly so. But uh, obviously, keeping a good attitude about it, I think uh, I think he's probably back home on the phone trying to figure out where he's going to play pro ball next year, and somebody will definitely pay. Well, another one that was kind of robbed of that opportunity is uh, the young man uh, Ben Jordan, the the baseball pitcher, who uh, they reached out to just out of necessity for another big man to practice with. But he was, you know, like so many kids grow up playing basketball in Kentucky. He uh, got to live out the dream of being on the Kentucky basketball team and would have gone through an NCAA tournament experience, maybe all the way to a Final Four. And now I'm, I'm guessing he'll probably just go back to focusing on baseball when it returns. Yeah, I thought about that. But, yeah, it, uh, he may have gotten in at the end of a, you know, playing in an NCAA tournament game, yeah. um, which would have obviously been a huge memory for him. There's, 
Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that you just really feel bad for. Um, you know, and then, like, you know, if, if any of the freshmen leave, Tyrese Maxey being the leading candidate there, you know, they they only got their one shot at it, and they missed, uh, you know, having that opportunity. that it, it, It's all a bummer. It's just a, a huge bummer. These pro athletes, hopefully they save their money uh, for them to lose games. But uh, the college kids, I, I feel – bad 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 for because those you know those memories are gone the seniors there's there's no getting it back so um you know right thing to do and then it's crazy to think now that's the other thing i've been thinking about lately it's crazy to think that now that what what's today monday um you know last monday last tuesday um none of us had any thought that there wouldn't be a tournament yeah. And now that's like not even a head, like it's barely the headline anymore. Like the whole country has shut down. Uh, life has just changed so fast for everybody. Yeah. Kind of uh, settling to think about what another week could, could bring. Uh, Kyle, we appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, we'll keep rolling on and uh, finding things to talk about, giving people a bit of a distraction from all the coronavirus talk, hopefully. And uh, we'll uh, chat next week. Thank you. Thank you. Kyle Tucker from The Athletic. Uh, We're heading to a break and come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Donato Slice of Wildcat history. This day in 2002, out in St. Louis, Tayshawn Prince went for 41 in an NCAA tournament win over Tulsa. It was at the uh, old dome where the Rams used to play. Tied uh, Jack Givens for the second most points by a Wildcat in an NCAA tournament game. Happy birthdays to former Kentucky basketball sharpshooter Jim Master, uh, to uh, UK football legend and uh, L coach Howard Schnellenberger, and Kentucky punter and uh, Green Bay Packers punter Tim Mastay all celebrating birthdays today. Uh, we mentioned our uh, title sponsor uh, is Wild Eggs of Lexington. If you're in the Central Kentucky region, let me give you their numbers. 543-0532 in Hamburg, 277-0402 in Palomar. And uh, the local restaurants, you can still order takeout and delivery. Uh, so uh, help out uh all the locals that you can in these uh, very difficult times and uh, we'll all get through it the games will be back and we'll have things to fuss and argue about but for now uh, let's help everybody get through it we'll see you tomorrow here on the leach report report make sure you check out the podcast page at tomleachky.com whenever you miss a show and be sure to follow the leach report facebook page